A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Hey guys, it's Stevie. I have some quick updates before we get into this week's episode. First off, if you are listening on the release date of this episode, that means it's February 6, 2023. And that means you should come to Akbar here in Los Angeles tonight for Learn the Words Bitch, a lip sync competition hosted by legendary drag queen Tony Soto, also past guest on the pod. Myself and Lisa Chanu will be guest judging the lip sync competition. So come on out, perform your ass off, or come watch, or do both, and hang out with us. Akbar is really one of my favorite bars in Los Angeles. It's always such a good time. So come to Learn the Words Bitch tonight. Again, sign up is at 8.30. Show is at 9 at Akbar in Silver Lake in Los Angeles, me and Lisa judging the fucking house down. So we can't wait to see you there. And we also have more live stuff going on in February in Los Angeles. We will be hosting a live podcast recording. Yes, you heard that right. Live pod, live pod alert. We're having our live podcast recording five year anniversary show at Whammy Analog Media in Los Angeles on Wednesday, February 15th. Doors are at 7.30, show is at 8, admission is just $8, and you will come see our live pod. There will be astrology, a game show sort of things going on. We also have a very special guest, EJ Marcus. So happy that we'll be having him on the show. Also, he'll be doing a little bit of stand-up too. You know, I just, I'm obsessed with EJ. We're all obsessed with EJ. Um, So come on out to Whammy, Wednesday, February 15th. Tickets are moving 
quite quickly, which I'm happy to hear. So make sure to get yours before they sell out. You can get that at the link in show notes for this episode or go over to our Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast to get all that. You can buy tickets through Whammy's website. So we'll be linking the tickets there. So please come on out. We'd love to see your faces and hang out with us at Whammy on our birthday, February 15th. And with that, enjoy this week's episode. I've got friends with attitudes, selfish and lazy. Is this just astrology? Mercury, maybe. My friends get so Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Goldstein. And I'm the grocery prices of this podcast. Trigger warning. Triggered. Let's talk about grocery prices. Guys, I shopped today at the farmer's market at the Grove. And I hate to say, I think it's cheaper than the regular grocery store now. I believe it. I, believe I used to think it was the most expensive place on earth. And I don't know if it's because I was more selective about which items I was buying or because they don't have like chips and cookies and like other crap that I fill my cart with. But I was well under $80. I think I've got, I mean, I got three proteins. I definitely have meals for the week a lot of vegetables i got a french cheese a baguette i mean i really got everything i needed wow okay sold okay herbs veggies fruit meat cheese and bread well it would make sense because it's they can they i'm assuming the vendors can set their own prices right i assume i mean i don't really know it was on accident that i ended up buying my groceries there just because I was there and it was like I was running out of time but I was thrilled wow no that's that is 80 is thrilling nowadays I feel like I make one meal it's like oh this is the nice stroganoff I'm making for the night and it's 45 dollars and then I get into the spiral of I should have just gone across the street and gotten pasta fresh made from I won't name our favorite place, but you could probably figure it out if you've listened to the podcast long enough. And now I've also been on a dollar menu spiral. Like this is all just, this is all just insider grocery trading. Now I'm just really enjoying the Del Taco Buffalo chicken roller. Not my usual so good energy. Ooh. I'm not even a Buffalo chicken girly, but that's not, or it's Chipotle. Did I say Buffalo? It's a Chipotle chicken roller. Been it's very, good. very into it. I was like, whoa, buffalo chicken at Del Taco? That is also Sorry, a false choice. report. Fake news. Okay. Sorry, it was Chipotle, Chipotle <laughs> chicken roller. But no, groceries, it's depressing. And I'm a big, I think that's, 
you're naming an issue. I didn't even realize it's, I've been avoiding my, I'm such a meal planner and I'm such a prepper and love looking ahead. And it's just been so expensive that I've, I've been avoidant. I've been distant. I've been, I haven't been naming the problem. And the problem is that I don't like how much I've been spending at the grocery. I have started to dabble in the TikToks of women telling me exactly what to buy at Trader Joe's. Like, here's how to truly spend $63 and get eight meals. Like, I know how to cook and I know how to make meals, but the budgeting now is where I'm lost and I'm spiraling. But eight, when you said baguette and a nice cheese and it still only came to 80, that's very, very impressive. I got a little candy mm. I, for my purse, you know? I, I also... <laughs> wow. um I also feel like partially it was like the style of shopping, which if you've never been to the Grove Farmer's Market, it is booths and stuff. So you're not it's not a one stop. There's no like, you know, paper towels or plastic bags or anything like that. It's an open air Um, market, but it slows you down a little bit because Mm -hmm. you're getting the meat directly from like a butcher and then you're going to the little fruits and vegetable stand. And then, you know, you're kind of looking and peeking around and grabbing a couple of things here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to get on the farmer's market grind just in ge- beyond the general, farmer's yeah, market, general the general market. farm, the general market, but they closed the one that used to be right by me too. So I think there's just been a lot of factors in um, my fear of the grocery store. Lately. The farmer's That's market real, nearest though. us is, it's not a good one. It's not my favorite. I know which one you're talking about. It's yeah. not a good one. I feel like there are many farmers markets that are not really farmers markets. They're more just like regular, like swap meets or marketplace where it's like vintage We're talking about the same one. <laughs> yeah, where I'm like, this. hey, I don't see a vegetable anywhere here. You cannot call this a farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I want to see is a, a flea market. Yeah. I want to see radishes <laughs> still in the dirt. You know, yeah. the downtown one used to be good. I haven't been in a while. I have to check it out. No, that's that's real though. The anxiety about prices and shopping and budgeting and all of that, I feel like is very real. I've been I've been very anxious and avoidant of the grocery store. Anxious is, avoidant attachment for the grocery stores right now. <laughs> yeah, There's, which it doesn't help you when you do go in, then you end up spending more, I feel like. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's making me go like, oh, well, I've got I got in a routine around these like eggs specifically mm-hmm. where I'm oh, like, this God. was the thing. We weren't really eating meat. Eggs was our was our thing. And now this is that. Do I have to like start thinking about a new thing that I'm not going to be doing? I, I don't want to get too attached to eggs. I don't want to get too attached to any food, which is already my, you know, Capricorn moon Saturnian kind of like restrictive thing anyways at play. But I feel like the anxiety with prices is very real. The bright lights and the, the it they it <laughs> makes you like they market to you in a certain way and it makes you want to buy certain things and certain things appear to be fresher than they are or it just I feel like it it is as someone who has a lot of tourists it's like I need to slow down and everything in there is like go get through as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're windowless casinos. That's mm-hmm. by design. You'll never. Once you can't, I mean, I'm sure there's a grocery store out there with a window, but most do not. Most you enter in windowless vacuum. Everything is somehow $4.99 now, which I just, even, even my like go-to bag of big old kale, it's just, why are you, 
five to six dollars. And then, but then I go the wrong route where I'm like, well, fuck it. Everything is six dollars. Yeah. Everything, you know what? I guess I'm spending $120 tonight, but I I'll get the things that I need. And then uh, it's just like, it's just like, I don't know, like the return doesn't feel as good as it used to. I also think the um some of the stuff is like I I like to have snack food mm-hmm. in the house because I won't eat meals. And I like having Pirate's Booty. I usually shop at Trader Joe's if they have like their version or whatever. But I went to the grocery store because I try not to eat a lot of gluten. And I went to the grocery store and it was $9. And I'm like, this can't be real. Like a bag of Pirate's Booty can't be $9. But it's $9. It is. I can't that eat real. that anymore. Mm-hmm. That I have to let go of. Mm-hmm. No, there's some things that just need to, they're just going to, like, I guess like any market, they'll have their, you know, high interest rates right now where we're easing off the gro- <laughs> grocery food items, which feels twisted and not, and not right. But I'm telling you, keep your eyes peeled. We're going to start to see really good fast food deals. They're already starting. I saw a Burger King commercial about this like $5 mix and match combo i i think we were talking about it when we we're all hanging out like i swear to god the five dollar foot long is gonna come back at subway i can feel it in my bones and i know it's been <laughs> six seven dollars for the last whatever years and then you think oh no there's no way that this will come down yes it will because this is all greedflation anyways and now the fast food people are gonna look like fucking heroes out here making the most affordable meals on the planet and you know they're gonna come out with some new line of like family you know if they didn't have family style before we're gonna see family style and we're gonna see the glu- like back to gluten like a gluten-free option or like the keto minded we're gonna see a, a renaissance of fast food for families not that they didn't target them before but this just makes me think of uranus and taurus i feel like so early back in our og episode we talked about food of being mm-hmm. like what's gonna really what will change with taurus things and with uranus there and it's like well, how we consume is weird and doesn't seem sustainable and also from an environmental standpoint and a financial standpoint. And uh, it sucks when you're right. So <laughs> this is where this is where we yeah. are now. And food has just been all over the place. Yeah, I think a lot of those tactile resources things have really come around. We talked about the stock market and we've mm-hmm. definitely seen those high highs and low lows with Uranus and Taurus. And I think I mean, the women's rights stuff. I mean, just so much of it really feels on the nose. Um, <laughs> and I think even just like those going into the grocery store and seeing empty shelves in 2020. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. 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 I mean. <sighs> I can't even like I, I can't even. You're right. It is like so on the nose. And also, but thinking of like. I don't know. I guess the pirate's booty one is the one where it's like the, the value of the bang for your buck is like the the phrase that keeps coming to me. And it's like, mm-hmm. how, how, how can we, how can that it's possibly be corn based snack? It's not expensive to make. Let's be very clear that you're just mm-hmm. gouging. Well, it also They're seems like there's so many things that are, I guess this is also part of it too. Maybe that like the, I guess this is supply chain stuff and things too, where it's like your food is coming from so many places, not from a local place, not 
from somewhere where you can like have access to the tangible resources. And so it also is these kinds of like, I don't know, Uranus and Taurus is to me, those things where it's the actual, the actual stuff, the actual eggs, the actual corn, the actual things that are coming to, whereas I feel like we're so detached from that because we have so many things in the supermarket, even though we are in California and so much of, of food supply does come from us here, but that's not how we're thinking about shopping. I mean, I guess this is all capitalism and Scott and I are going to San Francisco and um, we are going to drive up kind of the PCH way and stop along the way and do a little little Cali road trip. And um, there's this farm that I really used to love. And I, I looked it up and they. Um, well, first, I want you to know it's this huge farm when you're driving. It's like a, there's a huge tie dye peace sign. So this is, of course, I'm like, oh, this is for me. I have to stop. Um, <laughs> this is your sign. Goats and little baby horses and like animals left to their own devices in their stables and such. Um, but you can kind of go up and say hello, uh, pick your own strawberries. There is like a little storefront you can walk in and it's pay what you can, whatever you want, take whatever you want. There's no one there. It's not staffed. It's just, but it's not like stocked like a grocery store. It's obviously, you know, Kohl's or imperfect produce, I guess people call it now, or it's like Mm -hmm. this weird shaped carrot or whatever. You can just take it or you can leave money or whatever. I really wanted to stop by because I love this place. They sold and not only like to a, corporation like not only Uh, the opposite thing where it is just like it made me feel so sad that I'm like oh man like that was such a cool experience and such a cool place and it seemed so hippy dippy and like free for all mm -hmm. or whatever and like they just straight up sold it to a corporation Uh, presented by Kroger (laughs) yep that's so heartbreaking I know I because I, as soon as you were describing this, I'm like, I want to go there. <laughs> like, yeah, and now I'm like, so I'm cool. in. See, this is why you gotta, you gotta support. Well, so many, I've seen so many things closing too. Like, there's the like things that were really popular in the pandemic are now kind of getting that flip. Like, I could see how go in, there's no one here, grab your things and go was like very popular. Like, even the drive-in out here in LA that was the bump and spot for everybody. The entire pandemic is now closing and it's, I'm just seeing so many people be like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. And it's like, well, you haven't been in since like mm-hmm. in two years. So I guess I believe it, but just seeing back to like markets, right. The supply and demand of what's in then. And same with, I mean, zoom, like zoom, like no one's having parties on zoom anymore. And if you are, Stop it. This is your sign. <laughs> Friends don't want that. They're being nice. They don't know how to tell you, like, that, dude, no one's Zoom partying. Zoom is increasing a dollar a month, too. I just got that email. You know. Movie passes back. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Times. I mean, they keep on the change. Seems, I don't know. That seems wild. That also is like, how? How? How are we really going to this? There's so many of these things that it's like, are we really going to do this again? Are we going to 
Mm-hmm. What changed that now this is sustainable for you from before where you can do, a, is it still a movie a day? I haven't looked at the email. I didn't look either. I, I just feel like to some extent, those big giant cineplexes and things. I have been doing these shows in Orange County for probably the last eight years where I just drive down the same stretch of highway And there was definitely a time where I was swimming laps a lot in my way and I was swimming at LA Fitness. And like all of those LA Fitnesses are gone, but it's just called like Laguna Fitness or whatever. Like they haven't even taken the sign down. They just changed the name. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like, what else would you do with that building? And that's kind of how I feel about the movie thing too. Like, they kind of just have to keep them open or what else are they going to do with that space? You won't believe it with movie pass excluding Southern California and New York Metro markets. Cause they're like, <laughs> you assholes already go see movies. We don't, well, need they're that. like, we're the only people that do see movies. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like going to the movies is so, especially in LA, it's like the culture, but I'm like looking, it's like excluding. It's like you, I'm sure they're in beta right now and they're testing it out. And I think they're just trying to get butts and seats in Topeka, um, mm-hmm. beta Topeka. But I was just like, come on, like, or charge it or do a $5 surcharge of like, you live in a more expensive area or, or, you know what, movie pass, be thankful we're even giving you this free fucking promo right now. So <laughs> get their people. I got to get their people on the horn. Give us, give us a movie pass. Well, it's, I mean, it's excluded. I mean, that makes sense. I just think it's so, I feel like we've been, I don't want to say we've been given so much because we haven't, but it's so the, the idea to me, there's so much Uranus and Taurus of going like, well, what do people actually want to pay for? And the answer is Mm -hmm. fucking nothing. (laughs) Um, like truly nothing. Everyone doesn't want to pay for anything. Um, whether that be like leisure things, whatever. And Mm -hmm. that's why we're all on our phones looking at stuff, you know, for free, which I don't blame them because it's also highly addictive and interesting. And why would, why would you, but I feel like we're making all of these efforts to be like, actually, these are things that like we need to pay for because they are people. Wow. They aren't just things. This, These are people's jobs to make these things, to farm these things, to make these even movies where it's like it's a whole a whole small like town gets employed to make a movie. And if we're not going to see them, that's a whole small town's worth of people not working or whatever. And I think even this this farm, too, where it's like food isn't just like literally the food that you need for you. It's also the people that are making it, the this stuff. I don't know. I feel like there's so I someone was telling me about a hotel that they went to in Seattle that was one of those like people-less hotels where you're mm-hmm. just like checking in to the thing and you get like a time. There's a locker that only opens at a certain time where you can put your stuff if you're there early and then your room doesn't open until your scheduled time. And there's, wow. you know, whatever. And he was saying that there also was another like um, ghost a uh, grocery store that's there and it's like you're just going in and getting the stuff and it's like but like I don't know all of these it feels like there's so many of these whack-a-mole kinds of things where it's like yeah the person now can get food and that's easy but then who's this is where we're, we're cutting the cost yeah <laughs> well the yeah. Amazon fresh markets supposedly you you just go in and they know what you get I don't know how, like, their cameras or whatever, 
but they just charge your account. You just go and grab. You don't check out. You just you just thinking. <laughs> they're like we look the at. Post, no, they're just like scanning. I've never you been, but yeah, I don't. Whoa. That's what I hear. Have you guys ever ordered from a ghost kitchen on Postmates or like any of those? Not knowingly. Kinda... Yeah, not on purpose. Mm. Okay, but maybe. Just, Have you? Just curious. No, I'm usually pretty good at spotting them. I was showing Pablo some of my favorite ghost kitchens last night on Postmates. <laughs> there's there's this one uh, called Mac to the Future. Also, I haven't had it. Maybe it's good. Just the idea of ghost kitchens is also a very new concept of like, they'll eat anything. It doesn't actually have to be from a place that you know or have like a relationship with. But there's one called Mac to the Future. And I, the thing about ghost kitchens is all their pictures are really disturbing. Like they do these strange food photography setups where Back to the Future, because it's, I guess, science fiction themed a la Back to the Future. They like put all their macaroni and cheese around with like test tubes and like goggles and like things that look scientific. And I'm really just like, okay, this is a weird. I'm like, someone logs in and goes, yum, that's for me. (laughs) The Mac, the Mac to the Future. (laughs) You can always tell too, because there's like, probably a hamburger restaurant that has the same it's the same exact distance from your house mm-hmm. 0.12 miles or whatever it's like they're all operating out of the same location the same ghost kitchen mm-hmm. yeah whoa damn man well on that note speaking of ghosts <laughs> speaking of speaking the of ghosts speaking of the old ghost freight her it's it's so funny with the big. I was trying to find the origin of Big Three. Did did either one of you go down this rabbit hole mm-hmm. or find this at all? Mm-hmm. I scoured the internet. There's there's I found a lot of really cool research search engines of like first time something's mentioned on the internet or the first time something's mentioned in a book. I cannot find the origin of like the phrase in astrology Big Three. Also, aka SMR, which we do know that origin from Kira Taborn, past guest, friend of the pod. But Big Three could not find it anywhere. Really, articles about it starting pop- popping up around the 2017, 2018 era, where you know where we where we came up in as well. But did find we it. So make up Big Three? <laughs> <laughs> we can claim. Fuck it, claim it. I'll put it on the way back machine. But I'm just curious now. I almost want to ask an elder. Someone who's made like we should call up Susan Miller and be like, when did people start using big three? Has big three been a term since the 70s or is this part of this newly Internet renaissance? I'm, I can't I can't find anything that points to it being that old of a like a term. It doesn't seem like it would be that old of a term because it feels it very. Be. Yeah, it feels very so. modern and also kind of like uh, pop culture I also mm-hmm. think they were doing a lot of, I know like Sophie Wan talked to us about how in Vedic, like your moon sign is really when, when people ask what your sign, that's what they're asking. Mm-hmm. And I think rising was also the biggest one for most people in the seventies. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Cause like if you were just a happening cat in the seventies and someone I can't imagine there was a time where they said, well, what's your big three? Because most people didn't even have access to look up their charts in that sort of way, unless they had been to a reader or really liked astrology, which you would have to, you know, we can now have access to our big three. So like in the click of a button, 
I think also they would have called it ascendant too. I think even mm, even yeah. rising, not to say that someone wouldn't have said rising sign, but even that feels more modern than and more post uh, 70s astrology boom. Mm-hmm. The Tenetary. 90s uh, complete idiot's guide uses Ooh. ascendant and it does use rising later in the chapter. Mm-hmm. But it calls but no. it mostly ascendant. But no big three. No big three. Oh, I didn't look Whoa. actually. But I was searching. <laughs> Maybe a I'll lot. look in the index really quick. If what this is? is a challenge for the fans. If anyone can find the earliest mention of Big Three, Sun Moon Rising, or maybe Sun Moon Rising. Maybe they didn't even call it Big Three yet, but I'm very curious actually more about the Big Three. Um, holler. That's the fun internet. If anyone's a real sleuth historian, uh, I'm curious. Or if someone's uh, old, also let us know what people were were saying. <laughs> if you are old, hey, olds, just let us know when the first time you heard it. Actually, I would love to hear that. Hit um, us with that yeah. lived experience. Mm-hmm. If your Saturn is in, uh, Virgo <laughs> like what like what would Saturn be oh, yeah any anyone that like maybe was a astro person in the 60s 70s 80s would be very curious if big three or was it at, or did at conventions you know did astrologers who commune together that feel, maybe I could see that being the origin too of like you know the happening cats of astrology being like oh hey like oh it's, I'm meeting this person who's an astrologer in England for the first time well what's your big three I don't even know if astrologers get like that transaction-y thirsty with their info. But anywho, I really got very curious of when we started to identify with the big three because it does, I think it is newer in terms of introducing. And it's, I think it's what people expect to hear when you're asked now, what's your sign? Well, certainly the phrase big three, but I do think that, um, you know, if we're talking about the importance, obviously sun, sun and moon, but also I think that the your rising sign is your physical like Mm -hmm. if you are breaking down like the main components of a person without going into all of these things like what would you need to know on not not necessarily even like face value but just like how how much can you know about someone I don't know I'm not saying what I'm trying to say but like the certainly on a first meeting and certainly that's like Mm -hmm. plenty of information to like digest for oneself for someone else I think like truly for eternity I know that we have a whole chart and we can go into all of it too but I think that sun moon and rising is a lot in and of itself Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say rising's almost the only thing I care about wow I mean fair very fair wow okay I am never going to really see your moon. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll see pops of it come out and stuff. But the rising is also going to tell me about your life experience in ways, too, Mm -hmm. that I think is really valuable. Um, And I almost I have the few friends that I do talk to about astrology with or talk with about astrology. I 
only think of their sun sign in the house it's in. Mm-hmm. Like I rarely yeah. ever think of this untethered, you know, Aquarius sun or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's true because it is so important. I mean, it is that, and it is what colors everything else. So I think that you can't, I don't know. You're right. Mm-hmm. Not to say it's the only thing, but it I is. Know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a moon a little, girl. I'm a moon yeah. girly though. Maybe it is because my moon is my ruler back to rising signs. But I think I, I like what you're saying about like, you won't really get to know someone's moon, but I feel like folks, and maybe it's because I think rising trips up people more, you know, especially when we get into houses and like, you know, as soon as we hear, right. Like they're, the sun and moon are the luminaries. We call them planets for ease, right? Like people can understand that they're objects in the sky. I feel like, and I think I relate to that myself with my rising too, is like, I feel like, you know, it's the mask you wear. And of course it tells us where all the, everything's being transited for your chart and like the mundane trans, I think, which I think is so important, but it's like, I think we must've asked this on our ascendant episode long ago, but like, do you act like you're rising? Or I feel like almost like the rising is more away from you than your moon. Like when I, I feel like when I get to know someone's moon sign, I'm like, Oh, okay. There she I love is. I got you. My moon. But I don't like it in other people so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. for you, all I need to know is you're rising. You know what I mean? Not you. You're my close yeah. friend. But like when somebody you're just me meeting question, at a party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a good place for a reminder. And why this episode even came up was. Someone asked about their big three and one of our questions of like, like, what's like, why the big three? Like, or what, like, what, you know, what is, or even remind, like reminding you, like, why would you introduce with your rising? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's important to think of the rising because God, and this, you know, hang on just, just, you can understand this. It absorbs us. This is easy. We got it. But the rising starts the, the cusp of your first house, which just sets the whole map. You were born two hours later, you'd be the next sign rising, you know, and so on. So on the circle begins. So I think it makes sense to know like, oh, I can from your rising, I can at least know where the fuck the planets are doing shit to you right now, which is important. I think even more specific than that, your rising sign is based on your birth time. And it's the Mm -hmm. time when you literally become formed. Like you are not born until you're born. And your rising sign is specific. Like it can be the same sign. But if we're talking about sun sign being these more kind of archetypal, uh, broader things. The sun is in the same sign. Obviously, again, degrees. It's this is changing. We can make it more complicated the further that we go, as complicated mm-hmm. as we want to. But we can also broaden out and go. Everyone born in a given section is the same sun sign, but within yeah. that, you aren't born. You're not all born at the same time. And I think that the rising sign is what gives the specificity. What you're talking about, Lisa, too, of like this is when you become you and that can speak to your life experience that can speak to specifically where things are going to be located in your chart the particular flavor of your sun where we might get an idea of that but it is still when we're talking about these kinds of ideas of like ego and vitality and these those mm-hmm. are like bigger broader things not to say that we're when we're talking about rising sign descriptions we're not also using broad terms but i think truly thinking of it is like where do you start 
Like Mm -hmm. that is your rising sign and it is specific to each one of us. And so to not have like that container for things, we have our emotional state. We have how we feel about being alive and being a person. We have how we aspire to be who we identify as our kind of like core thing that we want to be, to be recognized for at our, at our, at our heart. But then we also have like how we show up and how do those three things then also uh, how does how we show up physically, both energetically, literally, how we look, whatever, how are those things either working with or working against these other two things? And how does that then influence itself? And I think those all come out for sure in our rising sign. The rising sign allows you to see how those things interact too. It allows you to see what aspects are forming and stuff. Um, I guess you could have it with the time unknown. Sure. Um, you'd see the aspects, but not the houses, right? So I also think that the sun, the sun sign stuff, like there is a part of me that mathematically it makes me feel there's a little bit of like a lesser common denominator. Like I was at this spiritual shop here in LA getting a gift for somebody. And then everybody's talking about how crazy it is that, you know, they're all, everybody's getting a gift for an Aquarius. And I'm like, well, it's not really because (laughs) right now is Aquarius season. And why would you be getting a gift for a Pisces when that's in a month? You know, it just, I, it kind of made me feel like, Oh, you guys are like not really thinking at all. Like about this. Um, but if everyone had been the same rising or the same, even the same moon, that Mm -hmm. would have really like, that would have Mm -hmm. made me feel things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is a part of the sun sign that feels really, and this is, I think something that we see a lot on memes and stuff is it feels very like lowest common denominator. It feels this like, oh, what, there's only 12 kinds of people or like you're putting us all in one box. And right. so I do like the idea of introducing yourself with the three things because it does color that thing a little bit, especially, I mean, once you get to a point where you're more comfortable with the wheel itself, like someone tells me they're, you know, sun and moon are in opposition and I can, I can know that they were born near a full moon. I can know that, you know, it's you, you can know stuff a little bit more instantly. If you know they're rising, you might know what house their sun lies in and those kind of things. You can tell a little bit more about their personality and stuff. So I do find that the three, it's almost enough if you both understand astrology in a way it's almost enough as saying tell me your name your age and one interesting thing about you like they do in Mm. in icebreakers and classes and stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally it's like notes of a perfume right like the rising might have like a different top note than like maybe what's underneath that surface with the moon and I think a good reminder about the sun too, because I like, I love everything you just said, Lisa, too, is like the sun is like a life's journey. You know, like this, I feel like the sun stuff is, can be, because it is the easy, it's the thing we all know. If you first get into astrology, you're usually not jumping to, you know, your Mercury sign or the big six, not to like fucking blow everyone's (laughs) like brains apart with the personal planets. But I think like the big three, 
just giving right, like a little, it just adds more information to that sun sign. And like you said, not making it just, oh, I'm a generic Taurus, like, and I think goes in with astrology memes, right? Or I think I just hear this a lot for big three people where like, I don't relate to Taurus memes at all, like, or this, or I don't relate to Aries memes. And it's like, like, maybe look at the memes of those other signs for your moon or for your rising or whatever it might be. Cause, and also know that people are generalizing because they're making online content, like, and they want yeah. you to say, to comment that ate me, bitch. And then huzzah, like someone else has seen the post now and that's, that's how it works. So it's like, it's meant to spark like, you know, how we're identifying. Right. But yeah, I think, I think, I guess my, if anyone can take anything away from this episode, it's just like, get to know your big three. I think it's like very, I think it's really important. I think it's a great place to start, especially for, I'll talk to friends who are like, I love the pod and I love astrology. And then I'll ask them something like, Ooh, like, I don't know anything about that though. And then I go like, Oh, like, why? It's like, it's like, cause it's so much information. I want to be like, just start with your big three. Like you mm-hmm. can like literally forget anything else. You don't even need to know what th- it all means, but get familiar with the sign of your sun, the sign of your moon, the sign of your rising. Well, we can get into the aspects and all that shit way later, but I but think we can't I, know I any of it without your rising. Yeah. We need the The rising is going to give all the, all the juice all the juice there. I totally forgot that my risings tried fucking Pluto. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like I was just like re-looking at my chart again, but only concentrating on the aspects of my big, my big three. And a lot of times in charts, you don't get the aspect lines on the chart to the ascendant or, or descendant or midheaven or IC. So I was just like, oh, like I only have water over here. And I guess Pluto, I'm like, oh, they're not making any aspects. I was like, oh my God everything makes sense now. <laughs> like now I've, I've, I've found myself again in my chart just from like narrowing down what I was looking at rather than trying to look at everything at once and get overwhelmed with all the details. Cause it is over. Like there's a lot to take in when you're looking at a chart. It's a lot of information. Absolutely. Well, that also just made me think about like identifying with the memes to me, knowing your big three also is part of that two of going like, well, of course you might not identify if you, like Lisa said, if you have an example of like a sun moon opposition and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's in a square, I mean, what if you have a T square to your rising sign too of these things too, where it's like, of course you're not going to identify, but I think people are not like, I don't know, so much of ourselves are a mystery to us or how we're being perceived Mm -hmm. by others. And I think people are reluctant to, um, refer to their own experience and feelings and feel like that's a valid way to uh, understand yourself and your impact and things like that. And so I also think that knowing your big three is a way to do both of those things to also kind of understand how others might see you, but also understand how that would play into how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive other people perceiving us. Is that a thing? And so I think that people get like I don't like the mask term. And I feel like we've said this on other Mm -hmm. episodes too, because I think that that implies that there, that this is somehow different than these other signs when it's not like they aren't competing for the same role. You aren't ever going to like, like Lisa said of like your moon, you can't show everyone everything you're feeling. Your moon is like internal. It's your physical physical feeling too. Like I can't show you that I'm hungry. I can say I'm hungry or, and someone might be more likely to say, Oh, I'm, 
I always will say when I'm this, but some people get cranky when they're hungry and that still is a way of expressing something that you were, you know, like, but there's yeah. a way to say I'm hungry that says I'm not hungry. Yes, exactly. You know? And we've all heard this, like, you know, I've heard it. I'm sure from every guy I've ever dated of the like, I'm fine conversation, Uh huh. you know, and it's that where you're it's you can say I'm fine, but sometimes you can tell you're not. So, yes, it's yes. All of these things, I think, is is yeah, I think I think that's a thing of astrology, too, of going like, oh, I don't know the things. But it's like we also like no in internal knowing I'm like pointing and doing a lot of gesturing of like, you know, <laughs> how you feel about a thing and I think using that not to sup not supplement technical information but to also inform what you're reading and go like hmm I'm that's maybe not resonating what where where could this discrepancy be if this is the correct information or if this is how this is the significations of moon and Taurus um is is this because I just don't know how I feel or is this because my son is in a hard aspect to this? So I actually, what I want to identify with are these things. I like this like adventurous, bold, uh, you know, opinionated Leo son kind of thing. Like all of those things I think are, are there and are in help us understand ourselves and how we come across too and what we want people to know. Cause I think that that's like another rising thing is also like, how do you feel about your feelings. Is that something you feel like you have to not let someone who's first meeting you know? So maybe you are kind of a moody internal person, but maybe you feel like there is, that is not how you get taken seriously. And we have a Capricorn rising that's asking us to be a little bit more, you know, put together and held together. All of those things I think are all of it. The big three to me is also about nobody being like right or wrong, or there isn't one way to be, which is another thing I think people think about astrology, especially when they're learning it going like, well, what's a normal chart? What's a typical thing? Mm -hmm. And it's like, there aren't any. And I, that's where I think that like being born at the time is the, like the best way to think about rising sign, because it's like, you're just born when you're born, you weren't born. And now you are like, there isn't mm -hmm. a time to be born. It's just when when it happens i think there was i can't remember where i heard this so sorry but it was <laughs> <laughs> whoops it was and i but i've thought this before but i just like heard it verbalized where it was like think about the energy think about this think about today think about the astrology of today and like what the vibe is how everyone's feeling what the aspects are whatever you can go as in or out as you want but just what's the vibe of today okay someone was like born just now Right. Like they were born in that moment that we're all feeling. And it doesn't mean the day the stock market crashed and the kid was born that moment that they, well, maybe they will have financial troubles. I don't know. Like, I guess I'd have to look at the chart and see what other aspects or what other things or what time they were born. But I do think that there's, we're just getting a sense of how everything is interacting with each other. Like this past week, when we've been recording, we've had a lot of squares from Mercury to Chiron about healing, like maybe a future baby born at the right time in the right elements might have a lot of access to healing language, or like that might be their life journey, their life calling or whatever it is. And again, nothing is prescriptive or like, well, this is what you're going to have to deal with. But isn't there something kind of neat about this, like taking this picture of this moment, which is just your birth, which is just you like, that's trippy. And that's what I, that's what I'm like, that's what I'm into. Like, 
the chart where when there's haters, it's like, dude, I don't know. It just, it still exists whether you're into this or not. There was still like a configuration of the planets literally speaking to each other, interacting with each other, some not and some intensely. Don't you, aren't you a little bit curious what they're saying? Like, aren't you a little bit curious of like, if they like each other, if they don't, and there's nothing wrong if they don't. It's just now figuring out how you work with that, all the complexities of yourself. Anyway, I'm going to roll. Oh, mm-hmm. real woo. I'm going to get our real I like woo. this one. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think it's the most, I find these three placements extremely spiritual. I mean, mm-hmm. the the sun, you know, I guess is the one we haven't talked about the most. So I'll say for me, it feels like, I know that this is technically a Mars thing, but it feels like since it's identity based, a lot of the times it's also about growth. I mean, the sun is literally life force. Um, And for me, a lot of the times it feels like it's what drives me. I am taking an acting class right now and knowing astrology has helped me so much because I'm able to access quickly, you know, oh, this, this belongs in this house or this, this is just like having, you know, this is me and my Mars with the midheaven or whatever. I'm very easy. It's very, an easy, like brain exercise for me. But one of the things that we talk about in class is like, you know, what, what prompts someone to act when you're a character, what makes you do something and thinking about that in your own life, it is to me, I feel like the sun is kind of what motivates me. It is, I want to be authentic to who I am. I'm very, I care very much about acting within my morality and these kind of things. So my identity, so to speak, is something that helps motivate my actions. Um, I have the same rising as my son, but they're separated by 25 degrees. So it is like, I will have those things transit and I will think it's come it's hit my sun sign, my Mercury, my Jupiter, and but it doesn't come to, from my rising till later. That's how I can tell the two things are different. When I have something that changes my motivation, my reasoning, my wanting to act or stand back or or do something or not do it versus when it hits my rising and then it becomes about how did I do that thing and why I didn't do it, how it affects my personal health, how it affects my body, how it affects the way I look that day, the way I treat people that day. That's those two things while tied together are just, they're just not the same. Hmm. Well, thinking Mm. too about, I mean, the literal sun and how this is like in our solar system, we are revolving around the sun and how without that kind of core identity, What are we needing to, what are we needing to communicate? How do we identify values? How do we decide what we are going to like move towards and not in Mars? Where are we learning? Where are we growing? What are we traveling to kind of see? And I think that all of those come back to our sun because it is the thing that like, however intangible, it is still the thing that everything else is kind of organizing around. The rising sign's telling us where it's going to be in relationship to other things, but also even the rising sign itself, I think that's where some of those like mask things come from, is still like either supporting your son or a response or a protection or a, you know, whatever, insert whatever descriptor there. But it is still, you know, this 
I don't know. I, the sun feels harder to define and maybe that's because I have an unaspected sun. And so the sun feels harder for me to aspect, I mean, like to access for myself or to go like, what are the things that are my identity? It feels very influx, but I think that for so many people, it is coming from this, like, I don't know, core being knowing aspirational kind of thing of like who we, who we, yeah, like that, like you said, hope, hope to be, hope to embody, hope to, to live up to. And it's a thing that I don't know if we ever can, because it's the sun. How, how can you, but it also is the thing that's constantly there and kind of informing how we do all of these other personal planet things. Mm-hmm. I think all three, and maybe it's just because of, I have the mentors and cancer, but to me, all three of them speak to like, what pleases you? What do you like? What makes you feel nice? What do you enjoy? Like, that's going to feed all three. I feel like speaking of the mask, you know, I think a lot of times it does feel like a mask. There are days when I have, you know, a family member in the hospital and I have to go serve drinks and people say horrible things to you and you just have to keep the mask on the whole day, you know, and that's different than when you see your friend across a comedy show laugh and it lights their face up. They don't know that their face lit up. Mm -hmm. They have the mask. Maybe, you know, maybe they're wearing it a little bit. But at that moment, I feel like the rising the mask drops almost. Mm -hmm. And it's that like real moment of light. So I feel like there is a way we use our rising Often, you know, I think we've talked about going to a wedding or something where you really want to like be your best self and you try to like mm-hmm. put your best foot forward versus I think there are moments of the rising that, you know, they just you just see them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that since it's so since the first house is so equated with the body, the physicality, like being a person, it does feel like how like those first impression type things or what maybe like your even safety of what you offer. Like, I know I definitely tend to cancer type things upon first meeting. I can get real den mother-y or making sure everyone's comfortable or, or even like, I don't know, cancers can be also like gossipy and like, like want to know like what, like what everyone's dynamics are too. So I think there's something with like the rising, like it might even be sort of like where we kind of first default to and what we might like might offer Mm -hmm. to someone we maybe hasn't really seen our moon stuff yet. Well, I think a rising sign too is also part of it is also only from social interactions. If we aren't talking to other people, if we aren't doing those things, we are kind of just existing and being and shining like the sun or being in our moon and feeling emoting kind of fluctuating either physically or emotionally. It's only Mm -hmm. when we are needing to face to face kind of be in contact with other people that all of a sudden we're reminded like we're in a body or we're in a thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the, like, it is could your first house the, be the bounce? Could your first house be because I'm thinking of it like meeting people, but then the seventh house is really where we like meet people. Is the first house us alone? Like, are I, you yes. your are you your most rising sign? Like day off, no one's calling you. You're by yourself. I think. I mean, I think it depends. I guess it depends. It depends on where your moon and sun are in there and how your moon, I think how your moon feels about your rising is more indicative of mm. whether or not you are your first house on your own 
um, mm-hmm. and like where it is, because, you know, obviously if you're like a late degree, a late degree Libra rising, you are kind of Scorpio first house. So while you might come off as a Libra, you might be feeling more Scorpio first house, uh, like physically kinds of things. So I think it depends, but I do think that like, I don't know, the, the left your own devices sort of yeah. selfness of house or what someone's seeing uno. even like the face that you're making like lisa said if you're like you're laughing at something you aren't necessarily going like i'm making the decision to let my guard down but someone might be seeing <laughs> something that's coming out of your like awareness of being around people not you're not partnering with everyone you're around but the awareness of being observed can change mm-hmm. how we are there like you if you know you are out for public consumption that's different than when you are at home do you talk to yourself at home are you how are you at home mm-hmm. that to me is moon sign in terms of going like how like are you yeah moon and sun to me is that but i'm finding more and more in my life that the first house speaks to physical health in a lot of ways and sometimes at least for me it has been with transits often uh how I see myself through my physical health and and you know taking care of yourself when you're sick is something that's not easy nobody wants to do it it sucks (laughs) it everybody wants to go to work and make money or hang out with their friends but you sometimes have to sit home and have soup or whatever and um especially like people who struggle with like longer term ailments or or you know, lifelong diseases and stuff where it's like, I don't know. I do find that um, the way you can treat yourself and I, I don't, I don't like trying to avoid sounding like diet culture or like uh, that it's about beauty standards or something, but being kind to your body and whatever that means and whatever level of health you have can really make a difference in the way other people see you because it makes a difference in the way you're able to show up for them and the way you can behave and the things that you're allowed to partake in or do. Um, and so I do find that like, you know, there are days when I forget my nighttime routine and I wake up in the morning and there's kind of crusty mascara or whatever. This is the simple example. Um, and that maybe I go to work and maybe those days people ask me if I'm okay versus you know, and that is a perception thing, but it's also like you are picking up on that I missed something yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so I think there is like a thing that happens when I've just had a cold too. So that's probably why it's coming up for me. Oh. But the woes of Venus to, rising, people well, are going to see that. But <laughs> that to, to me, that's also the moon. And I was looking over at this because I also love the moon. And I think it's because, you know, whenever I'm reading about I have a Capricorn moon and whenever you read about that, it's a moon in detriment and it's like a difficult one. And I think that the moon, we see it literally in the moon in the sky and we observe it fluctuating and changing. And I think that we too, throughout the day, fluctuate and change both literally the you know, water in our body, we go up and down by up to like 10 pounds or something like that. You also can, how you feel about things changes from moment to moment, depending on what you're doing and how much you enjoy, how much you can like ride with that versus not. And I was looking at horoscope symbols by Robert Hand, and he really talks about the moon being like the physical 
the physical existence, because I think that that is the, like, what you're saying, Lisa, of like taking care of yourself in that way where it is like the moon to me is how you feel about having to exist day in and day out and care for our body, whether we like want to or not, or any of those things. And again, like, I think that rising sign can play into that, but I think that sun sign is so idealistic. If we think about the sun showing up the same every day and it just is kind of like moving through the sky and it feels like a thing that doesn't require any other things. Whereas the moon is that fluctuating, changing thing. There is more like, I don't know if you had a hard day, if you have a hard conversation, if you have those things, like it's harder to, to maintain stasis in how we feel because we are like subject to the physical life that we're living, whether that be enough sleep that we're getting or just like where we live, if it's loud outside, if it's whatever, all of those things are the things that have like, I don't know, of of us trying to keep it together. And that's very moon to me. I don't know. I find personally, the moon has a weight to it. I find that um, I think about like swinging a rock on a string or something and there is like a bit of heaviness to the rock or whatever that keeps it in orbit. Um, and maybe it's because I have the moon in cancer and I find that emotions are very hard for me because I feel them very intensely. It feels heavy a lot of the time. Even joy can sometimes be a burden. I hate to tell you as a cancer moon. Um, <laughs> but I find that like, I find that the moon and I mean, I guess this is literally it revolves around the sun. So it it is about Mm -hmm. your identity, your experiences. And oftentimes to me, it's about like how I feel about myself, where I don't find necessarily that my feelings about others strike that same weight or heaviness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I find the moon extremely personal because while someone can change it, it is almost to me like what would change it is if you said you didn't like me instead of if I found out I didn't like you. Mm -hmm. That's, Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point. And I think that's, you're right about the like revolving around the sun too. Cause I think that some of, so many of those things feel like it's, I don't know, it's at odds with the sun or it's opposite from that, or it's gonna, the sun isn't going to come back up again because the moon has so much weight coming around this way but I and I love that idea of the weight too because it is that like I don't know the the physicality of it I think it's those things that you like want and again maybe this is my Capricorn moon talking about it but in 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 opposition to your cancer of being the like that but also still like it like whips, I don't want to like be it, yeah like I don't want to feel have the weight, weight. yeah <laughs> no, <laughs> like, but I do lot. have the weight and so you're also like carrying all this weight but I feel like my moon is where I have the least amount of weight, which is like fucked up. But it's my maybe Aries but moon. Aries moon. Like, there we go. I know. And not to say that there's no weight. Force that not like, to say there's yeah. no weight. But I think because, and I'm curious about how y'all feel about your big three as like a combo, right? If this is like the the three side combo you're getting at KFC or whatever. But maybe because they're in conjunct or the sign next to each other with Taurus and Aries, like I think of in conjunct signs as like. Oh, that's my sister. Like, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. we're like kind of the same, but like, but I'm the prettier one <laughs> or like I'm the bitchier one or whatever. So I do think 
God, if I didn't have my Aries moon, I like, it's like adds some levity to me. Not that, but it also, I think the weight comes in more anger versus like emotion, like heavier, like, oh my God, I'm a cancer rising Mars. Yeah. Right. Like there, it's also there too. But I like just thinking of that in the, 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 we revolve around the sun, right? Then the sun, the moon revolves around the the sun, the earth. It's all just like in conversation of like the hierarchy and not to say that the moon's not as important, but that's still a feeling the moon like must feel right as this, oh, well, it's just the sun show. Like they're just, this is who, this is the, it's so effortless for them. They don't have to do anything. And like, I'm out here, you know, changing. And then the rising is like, I'm just watching where this is all going down. Like, I'm just seeing where this is all transpiring for you. I'm just seeing what the, where that energy is taking place. So no, this is just helping me think, even think of them as, you know, I think of the chart as like, oh, they're all like coworkers working together and some are really in agreement, and some old t-shirts very differently. <laughs> like, and, and everyone has their own unique approach. So I think the sun, I think we're, oh, I think we'll never really know the sun. I think it's a well, life's journey and a, just a reminder of like, yeah, you might not feel like a Taurus. You might not feel like a Sagittarius, but you're, it's the, it's the Taurus show. It is the sad show. So when in doubt, where can we be recharged and reminded who we are is our sun sign is that, that's why I like to think of it on the days where, cause a lot of the sun sign stuff I was proud of when I was younger, got really shamed as I got older, like being a, like you sound like a bitch or, you know, you're ruled by the throat and very divisive. Like I'm having to like relearn Taurus qualities all the time as I get older. And, um, yeah, I think the sun is like a great like reminder of like of where to return to, even though astrology can obviously point us in so many different directions. And it's fun to read about different signs too, if you get sick of reading the same shit over and over. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how do you guys feel about your big three? Because I do think too, what's fun about the moon and rising is it's usually people's first time ever going, oh, I'm not a Taurus. I'm a this. Like it's the, re- it's a reveal. It's like getting a whole new birthday but not exactly but were you guys like surprised when you found out your big three did it make sense what was what were do you remember any feelings of like when that first kind of unpacked for you well I remember I thought it was Aquarius moon oh well yeah found out it was cancer I think it makes sense I find that I really do gravitate towards water in most areas of my life except for drinking it for some reason I can never make myself do it um but I um I do find that I like you know I remember when I graduated high school I asked my mom for a pearl necklace and she was very surprised it was not in fashion at the time and she just, you know, my birthstone's diamond, too. So I've always been kind of really, like, I will ask for the, like, expensive item or whatever. Um, and I think she was just really surprised that I liked pearls. Um, I don't think she likes them very much. So I think she wondered kind of where that came from. I find them very... I like that they've come from an animal. I like they're very... One of the things that you can tell when you have a fake pearl is there's like a put it in your mouth and then you can tell there's like a different grittiness that happens on a real pearl. Um, And there's just certain things. They're very soft on your skin. They're very like 
I've always gravitated towards those kind of things, shells and whatever. Um, so I think that makes sense just like aesthetically how they interact, um, that they're sextile each other, I think. So, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty nice aspect. Um, the sun and the rising, I find, you know, they're in the same sign. They're far away from each other. Um, I feel they're the same. They have different flavors. Um, I definitely. It was interesting hearing about you talking about like getting hit by the transits, like that delayed Taurus, um, you know, well, like, oh, I just had that, but over here. And sometimes when it happens with the sun, you know, the work problem or the thing that comes up or whatever, it's like, oh, great. And then you solve it, quote unquote, and then it happens and you're rising and you have to actually realize that actually affected me. That hurt my feelings or it like it made me feel this way or or I got sick from it because I worked seven days in a row or, you know, like something like that where it does hit that more first house stuff. Um but I also just think that, you know, I feel really lucky to have them all working together. Um, I think being able to talk about how I feel on stage and stuff is like a blessing that I don't think I would have thought I could do, you know, 20 years ago. So and I, I definitely credit those three signs with that. Maybe my Venus, Gemini. All of it. I love it. Cute. I learned about rising sign last. I remember finding out about being a Capricorn moon and feeling like that really resonated as being kind of like, not, the, I know it's not literally the opposite of Sagittarius, but I always really like identified with Sagittarius and the aspirational ideas of being a Sagittarius sun. Um, but then also learning about being a Capricorn moon and kind of having this more reserved, um, kind of like restrained side also definitely fit. Um, and then learning about being a Libra rising, I think also really fits because my rising sign and moon are square. And this is something that I learned about myself that I wouldn't have learned about myself had I not lived with people. Um, but like that I make kind of an angry face when I'm like resting, even though I think that I'm doing one thing, I'm kind of doing this other this other thing and I think that thinking of them as like both you know the Sag Sun and the Libra Rising do um are sextile each other and so those can work together but then also seeing how these can things can kind of get me into trouble or or kind of obfuscate what I'm really feeling or uh, that I like am not as uh, put together as I think also feels very accurate to who I know myself to be and have experienced myself to be um, too. But I, I, um, I like them. They do feel kind of sometimes like the, in a good way, the kind of uh, guiding force to that Sagittarius kind of un unbridled energy, uh, but also sometimes feel like they are the, like, I wish, I wish they would kind of get out of the way a little bit, mm, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. But um, I am, I am who I am. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of a kind. <laughs> what else? It is. It is what it is. That's I can't undo when I, what time you were born. Like that's the you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like you can't. You kind of can't help um, how how it comes off. And I think that sometimes there's like a. Um, a 
I think sometimes I'm like pulling it off more than I think like that's I think that square thing is like, oh, actually, nobody had any idea that you were struggling with that until you told them that you were because mm-hmm. that's how you were feeling that like moon rising versus like, OK, well, what can people see and what people can't see? And just because you're feeling that doesn't mean that that's like how people are perceiving it. And then the opposite of going like, oh, yeah you're not feeling well, that like that's very it's very obvious that you are gone it's the same also having the duel because I'm like oh I've, no one can know no mm-hmm. one would know I'm keeping it all together it's my sun rising and yeah and people are like are you okay I'm like yeah. oh no wait hold on you actually can see inside Uh-oh. yes is this why no one asked me if I'm okay no I just can't like mine's just like so I don't, I think about people with like extreme concentrations or like of conjunctions or whatever. Like I've met someone with that had like a cap sun, cap rising, and then that full mainly Capricorn just from the era of time, you know, from that cap trap time. And I'm always just amazed when people have such hyperstellium conjunctions because I'm just like, what is that like? Like what like what is what is that? How does that or do you just feel so like everyone else is nuts and I really got this shit. <laughs> I really got this shit on lock, but <laughs> my, my same moon rising, not square by degree, but by signs of whatever we can, we can play ball. But I do think that that's a good reminder too, of like what I'm putting out there and what I'm feeling inside uh, can be at odds. Cause I do think the cancer wants to not rock any boats in the areas is like I'm who boats get rocked I've never even thought of that like people get bothered like who who, keep it moving who who cares right like Aries has very like who cares energy and cancer's like I care (laughs) they care I think everyone notices that everyone's caring right now and I think those can feel like conflicting I don't like when I became aware of the rising sign because I know I definitely first saw my full chart from cafe astrology like in the table and I'm sure it said like ascendant cancer, but I don't think I, I think I was just looking at the, I was just like, oh, I'm a Taurus Venus and I'm these other planets. Like I could understand what planets meant. And I guess I wasn't too like, I didn't have like my core shook. Cause I was just like, oh, of course. Like I, I attract all these signs. I attract all the Aries through cancer is like, I'm surrounded by all those people. So it kind of made sense to me. And I think knowing more of like what the rising means, it's like, I remember I had a, a reading with Colin Bedell and I was just talking about how like sad it was at the time, just thinking of a summertime sadness. And it was like, no, the sun is like currently transiting your 12th house because it hasn't passed your 19 degree rising. And like, usually that's like, can be a time of more introspection and it's the sun hasn't entered into your first house to illuminate who you are again. I'm like, oh, so now I'm like just more aware of when things are doing those 12th house transits, not that. And I have a 12th house Mars. Like, it doesn't mean 12th house is bad or like, oh, it's it's murky. But I do think knowing in terms of the weather, it's it's just been helpful. Um, it's just been helpful to know. But yeah, I, I can't imagine just identifying just as a sun sign anymore. Like if someone asked me your sign, I'd be like, don't you want to know my moon yeah. rising as well? <laughs> like, this is too limited to, I want to give you like, the seasonings it's the negroni spagliato with prosecco in it like it's not just the negroni like there there's there's more elements of me yes the and other way elements of you get the negroni not the spagliato, not the spagliato. 
I don't even like any of that, but I just like it. Like, it's just like, no, oh, but I, I want this whole fixings, you know? Yeah. These are my, these are my seasonings. Well, it's like not a, yeah. A cocktail versus a neat. Sure. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A cocktail versus yeah. the neat. Well, yeah, what's your, what's your cocktail? You are a cocktail and mm-hmm. that is your big three. Yeah. I hope this, I, I, I enjoyed getting reintroduced to my big three and the idea of thinking about it too. Cause I feel like so lately when I've talked to just fellow pedestrians about astrology, like so, so quickly now I'll get shown the whole chart. Like, it's like, here's my mm-hmm. whole chart. It's like, I almost like just want to get to know your big three first. Like we just started dating, <laughs> like, or we just started hanging out. Like I'll get to the Mercury and Venus and Mars later unless like maybe it's conjunct your son or conjunct like see caveats here but well but even that's what i mean even then it's like it's either it's either like surprising because of your identity or it's in support of your identity and i think that that even is evidenced in how far they can be away from the Mm -hmm. the sun itself because it is like the i don't know well i really find that in looking at somebody's chart and you know take this for what you will you can do whatever you want when you look at somebody's chart um but there's something it feels a bit like tarot where sometimes something jumps out at you and if not it's like go with those big Mm. things that are like the big things that you want to talk about your big plans or your big thing and a lot of the time to me what jumps out is usually something on one of the angles, which is kind of about the rising. And mm-hmm. otherwise mm-hmm. it's like wherever something is with the sun or the moon. Yes. Love it. Major minor. Mm-hmm. Well, sick. Big three. If you find out where the term came. Yeah. I, I'm, I want to know. Or had, did, did it just say, exist? Did we say, by the way, the big three is your sun, moon and rising. <laughs> <laughs> If you didn't figure that out, you're going to need a complete idiot's guide. Yeah. And I have it. So let me know. Okay, (laughs) let's get to the facts. So for this episode, (laughs) it is about the sun, the moon, and your rising. I'm pretty sure the moon revolves around the sun at some point. So if you're here for facts. I believe believe everything. Sorry. It does, but not in that direct way. Yes. No, we got, we got it. All right. Next. Thank well, you so much for listening. You're to us, big three. We're, we're the big three. <laughs> we are. Ooh, who's the sun? Who's the moon? Who's the rising? We can talk amongst yourselves. We'll fight it out. Later. I don't like, I don't know. You tell us. We'll see. Is there like, I'd like to be the moon. Okay. It's all yours. Please don't let me be the cancer moon no you're the rising I you like the rising, the rising the most and Julie's the okay. sun. i'm the sun love... that feel... wow okay it feels right all right it's true just... so mode it be <laughs> sun. sorry i just had it had to be said had to be said <laughs> reporting thank for you. duty thank you for saying it someone had to <laughs> <laughs> all right we love you guys thank you so much for listening we'll see you next week Bye. bye Thanks for listening to What's Your Sign. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love this podcast, please support us. Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash what's your sign podcast. 
The link to support us is in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast, on Twitter at What's YR Sign underscore pod, and TikTok at What's Your Sign Podcast. For business opportunities, advertising, or commission readings, email us what's your sign podcast at gmail.com WIS is produced by Julia Loken, Stevie Anderson, and Lisa Chenu. Artwork by Alexa Vicious and theme song by Honor Nezzo.